we'll preach here just a few minutes. First Samuel chapter number 16. If you found your place, say amen. amen. And the Bible said, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably. Think about that. Here come this prophet, this man of God, and the Bible said when he come into town, that they trembled at his coming. Uh, that, that man, uh, things have changed, hasn't he? Amen. And he said, Peaceably I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. It came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And Jesse called Abinadad and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not set down till he come hither. And he sent and brought in, brought him in, and he was ruddy, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, and anoint him, for this is he. Thank you. Fathers, we come this afternoon. We thank you for being back in church in the midweek service. What a blessing to be able to come, and Lord, to have the health and the means and the desire, most of all the desire to want to come. Lord, we thank you for each one that's come tonight to be in the service. And uh, Lord, I pray that you will speak through me and I pray you'll speak to them. And I pray that we might leave here in a little while and say it's been good to be where God is. Lord, I thank you for the prayer room. I thank you for each one that was in the prayer room and for each prayer that was prayed and each one that has already been answered today, we give God the praise. Now, Lord, bless your word and I pray, Lord, that I can kind of 
yield myself to you in such a way that uh, you can take me and say what you want to say tonight uh, through me. I pray as David said that you might set a watch, uh, Lord, over our lips and you'd let us know, uh, Lord, when it's enough. And uh, it might be in 10 minutes, it might be, uh, Lord, in an hour. But, Lord, whatever you want, that's what we want tonight. We ask you to bless the church and bless your people tonight, each one that's here, those listening by the way of the Internet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. tonight I could call it why I think David got picked perhaps a better message or a better title would be what did God see in David's heart but let's look here first of all at what proceeds uh, where we're at tonight what happens what brings us up to where we are in the 15th chapter God had told Samuel to go down and tell Saul to go down and to destroy the Amalekites. And God said, destroy them all. He said, don't leave nothing. He said, go down and He said, slay men, women, infants, suckling ox, sheep, camel, and ass. And the Bible said that Saul went down there. And verse 9 said, And Saul and the people, they spared Agai, and the best of the sheep, of the oxen, and of the fatling, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly, utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuge, that they destroyed utterly. Now the problem is that God has already told them what's good, and God's already told them what's bad. You say, well I don't understand destroying them children and all them uh, sheep and all that stuff. Well, I don't either, but I know that God makes no mistake. And uh, the Lord knew that they would grow up and they'd be just like uh, their parents and their elders. And uh, so, uh, if I understand the Bible right, and I'm sure I do, that when a little child dies, they go to heaven. And uh, I don't, now I'm not saying that anybody ought to take the life of a child but here it's God that's given order. And uh, this is what God said do. Now God's got a reason for doing that because when, uh, when Israel was coming up out of Egypt, uh, the Amalekites waited behind. And when they come out, they attacked them and, and no doubt probably killed some of them and some of their children. And, and so anyway, uh, the Bible then speaks to, the Bible says that God speaks to Samuel and Samuel, and he says, Samuel, I got a message for you. Now we see here in, in the verses, verses 1 down through verse 9, we see Saul's mistake. Can I tell you that any time we go opposite of what God tells us to do, we're making a mistake. Well, because of that, God gives Samuel a message. And the message is found in verse 24 through verse uh, 28. 
And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So let me just say this right here. That sometimes, just because we confess our sin, in some cases it don't get rid of the consequences of our sin. Uh, and so the Bible said, that God said, Samuel, you take this message down there. And Samuel said unto Saul, He said, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Now brother, you know what's wrong with America tonight? We have rejected the word of the Lord. Uh, we have chosen what we think's good and not what God says is good. And the Bible said, The Lord hath rejected thee. Did you know if you reject God's Word, that God will reject you? And so we see, uh, we see Samuel's uh, message here. We see Saul's mistake. But then we get down into chapter 16, our text tonight, and we see Saul's mourning in verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Now, you've got to understand that Samuel really loved Saul. He really loved Saul. But he loved God more. Unlike Saul, who, who may have loved God, but he loved his own ways more than he loved the ways of God. But I want to show you how much that Samuel, how much that he uh, loved Saul, the Bible says, uh, there about verse 10 down through there, the Bible said that Samuel cried all night long to God. He cried all night long to God that God would uh, not reject Saul from being king. But you know, if something's not the will of God, you can pray all night long. You can fast. You can... Asked others to pray, but if it ain't the will of God, God's not going to answer that prayer. And so what happens here is that God says, uh, and notice this, God said, God said, Samuel, how long will thou mourn? There is a time for mourning. And there is a time that we have to pick our lives back up and we have to go on for God. Now I realize that's a difficult thing to do. We have to have the help of God to do it. Uh, but the Lord is, Samuel's just laying around mourning. And God said, Samuel, I want you to fill your horn with oil and I want you to go on doing the work of God. And so that's where we find it at. And so what he tells uh, Samuel to do, he said, I want you to go down to, uh, go down to Bethlehem and there's a man there named Jesse. He's a Bethlehemite. And he said, Jesse has eight sons. And he said, I want you to go down there. And he said, I want you to anoint one of those sons uh, to be a king. And so Samuel goes down there and they begin to parade these seven boys in front of, in front of him. And as they begin to parade these boys in front of him, the Bible said that first one, uh, the Bible said that uh, he was of such a countenance, such a high, such a stature, that even Samuel said, Surely 
This is the Lord's anointing. Uh, but the problem was that Samuel was looking on the outward appearance. And God said, that's not him. They brought the other son by and God said, that's not him. They brought another one by and God said, that's not him. And they go all the way through all seven sons uh, that Jesse had presented there for Samuel to look at. And Samuel said, none of these are them. Don't you have somebody else? He said, I got one more son. And he said, where's he at? And he said, he's out tending the sheep. He's just a, a lad and he's out there. And God said, go fetch him. I like that word fetch. God said, go fetch him. And so they went and got him and they brought him back. And the rest of it is history. How the Bible said that when they brought, brought David back, the Bible said God said that's him. The Bible said that, that God uh, told him, said uh, anoint him, pour the oil over him. Uh, he, that's him. He's the pick. Now, here's my sermon tonight. Why did God pick David? What did God see in David's heart uh, that wasn't in uh, the hearts of any of the other seven? Well, I want to say first of all that I believe that when David come, the Bible said in verse 11, he said, where is that son at? And he said, he is keeping the sheep. Now that was a lowly job. Uh, that was a job that was considered to be uh, not that important. You remember when David went over in chapter 17 and his brother said, just go back and take care of them few sheep out there. But it was a lowly job. And, uh, and David showed that he had humility in the job that he did. He was doing this job because his father told him to do this job. You know, the job you ought to be doing in church is the one your father tells you to do. And sometimes people don't want to do the lowly jobs. Uh, uh, they don't want to do the simple tasks. Uh, uh, they want to do the big jobs like the older brothers did in this story. But the fact that David was out there, one thing it shows is David was an obedient son. David honored his father. David obeyed his father. Do you know what God looks for in the heart of His people? God looks to see uh, if you're going to have an obedient heart. Uh, he's going to look and see that if uh, uh, you're going to obey your father. But I believe one thing that God saw when He looked in David's heart uh, is that he, he saw that heart had some humility in it. Uh, did you know God ain't never going to pick you and God ain't never going to pick me uh, uh, for anything uh, unless we have some humility? Uh, you see, we can see that we can almost sense the pride uh, in this first son that walks by. And uh, the Bible said his countenance, his stature, uh, no doubt he's a muscular guy. And you can almost just sense the pride in just reading uh, uh, the text there. But David, the Bible said he was a nice looking boy, but he's a, he's a ruddy lad, the Bible said. And I believe that David had uh, some humility. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I believe that was the problem with the last king. Don't you? Uh, the Bible said over there in 1 Samuel 15 and verse 17, 
Uh, the Bible tells us there that God, uh, this, is what, this is what Samuel told Saul. He said, you did good uh, when you was little in your own sight. In other words, when he saw himself as small, little, insignificant, uh, humble on the start, uh, uh, he said, you did good. But as Saul progressed, that as he got the position, he got more proud and more proud. Uh, he got so proud, Brother Mark, that he even took on the job of Samuel uh, and, and started offering a sacrifice when Samuel didn't show up on time. And so we see his pride. So God, uh, you say, well, uh, why did God pick him? God didn't pick him. That was the pick of the people, amen. Uh, and that's what the people picked always. They want, uh, they want the, the big guy. They want the, uh, they want the one that's name is known. They want all of that. But that's not God's pick. Uh, and then you see, we see here that not only was his, was that a problem with the last king, but his pride, Saul's pride, uh, caused him to be rejected as a king. Uh, the Bible said in 1 Peter 5 and 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elders. And he said, Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, but He gives grace unto the humble. If you ever want to be picked of God, you're going to have to allow yourself to be humble. The Bible said, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You say, How do you do that? Well, there are several ways that that can be accomplished. Uh, one way you can do it is, is get up there on the street holding them scripture signs. Uh, uh, and people are passing by and, uh, and they look at you like you're crazy or you're a fool or something. Uh, sometimes we have to uh, embarrass ourselves, so to speak, uh, in order to humble ourselves uh, for the glory of God. The Bible said that not only did pride bring his Rejection, but pride brought the last king's fall. Saul fell. Saul is rejected. Saul went downhill from here. Those of you that know your Bible know that Saul went so far down that he went to a witch to try to find out uh, uh, advice. Amen. And so the Bible said, Pride goeth before destruction. But a haughty spirit before the fall. You say, where's that at? That's in Proverbs 16, verse 18. The Bible said, pride goeth before destruction. And you just watch. If it's me, if it's you, it don't matter who it is. You start getting lifted up and getting proud in yourself. You're headed for a fall. And the more pride, the farther the fall. One thing about being low, if you fall, you ain't got far to go. Amen. The old saying is, uh, old saying is, stay humble or you'll stumble. Amen. And so I think that when God looked into the heart of David, he saw something very liked. He saw some humility. And God liked that. I'll tell you something else I think God saw when he looked in David's heart. Look in Psalms 40. If you have a Schofield Bible, I don't know about these others. But in a Schofield Bible at the top, it says a psalm of David. A psalm of David. And here's the psalm in verse 3. David is talking about verse 2, how the Lord has brought him up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, 
how He set my feet upon a rock and established my going. And He said, He hath put a new song in my mouth. Now I want to say this. If David had a song in his mouth and God put it there, don't you believe it was in his heart? Amen. I think that when God looked in David's heart, he not just saw a song, but he saw some songs. David wrote a lot of songs. Uh, really, a lot of the Psalms, all it is, is a Hebrew songbook. David wrote these songs. Uh, and the Bible says that God, I think he's seen that, and God liked that. Uh, I think God likes to look in our heart and not see a heart of sadness all the time, of depression all the time, uh, of defeatism all the time. I know we all get that way. There's no... Uh, no way around not getting that way sometimes, but God knows uh, that we don't need to stay that way. Amen. Uh, uh, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord, encourage ourselves in the Word of God. Uh, uh, we don't need to think about all the sad things. Uh, uh, we need to start thinking about some of the glad things. Amen. Uh, I know we all get sick. I know we all got health problems. That's going to come to all of us if we hang around here long enough. Uh, uh, some worse than others. Uh, that's in God's doing. We don't have nothing to do with that. Amen. Uh, uh, but I tell you, I believe that there's a grace that God gives uh, that's sufficient for every one of His children uh, uh, to help them get through whatever they're going through. I believe that because the Bible said that. Paul said that he prayed three times about his thorn in the flesh and God said, I'm not going to remove it. But God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Amen. I, I believe that God will give us grace. Now, David was a singer. Oh, we call him the sweetest psalmist of Israel. David loved to sing. And I can see David in my mind's eye. I can see David out there on the backside of the wilderness watching a handful of sheep. I can see him laying under the stars there, maybe with a harp. And I can see David just singing out there to the Lord. There ain't nobody watching him but God. There ain't nobody looking at him but God. But I think God saw a song in his heart. You see, singing people are happy people. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about these rock and roll drug heads. I'm not talking about them. Oh, they're happy, but they're happy because they're half crazy on drugs. Uh, uh, but I'm talking about God's people. Uh, God's people are, are always, uh, should be a singing people. Amen. Amen. Our singing is not up to par on Sunday morning and Sunday night. You say, why? Because sometimes we have a heart full of sadness. But we need to sing unto the Lord and sing. Paul said, Paul said, I think myself happy. But you and I need to sing ourselves happy sometimes. Amen. I, I just start singing. Man, I wish I could play the piano like my sister or the guitar like my brother. I can't play the radio. But I want you to know this, that if I could, I think I'd play a lot. I think I'd sing a lot. I, I think y'all would have to say, can't somebody shut him up and get him to sit down? I, I, listen, I thank God. I, I thank God like David because he had a song in his heart. I, the Bible said in Psalm 100 verse 2, Serve the Lord. Watch this now. I didn't say it. God did. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
He didn't say serve the Lord with madness or sadness, but God said serve the Lord with gladness. Be happy. Be glad in the Lord. Amen. The Bible said that David, he said God has put a song in my mouth. What the Bible said, I believe it would be alright to say that song was in his heart too. Singing people are praising people. The psalmist said in Psalm 149 verse 1, Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise. And I believe that new song, that might be referring to that one over there in Revelations 5, where the Bible said we get home, amen, and it said we're going to sing a new song. Uh, but every now and then, old brother Caleb, he's pretty good about that. He'll pull out a new song out of this church hymnal, and we'll sing a new song unto the Lord. Did you know, did you ever notice that that word praising, uh, that the main root of that word is sing. Sing. You see, we get to singing. I see some people, I don't, I don't mean to be mean tonight, but I see some people, it's like a drudgery to sing. Some people don't even want to open the book. And some open the book, but they don't open their mouth. Don't do no good to open the book if you don't open your mouth. Amen. Do you know, do you know what half of a service is? Singing. Amen. Brother Mark, you've been in this thing a long time. Brother Sammy's been in this a long time. And you know as well as I know, you can tell the atmosphere and what way the service is going to go by how the singing goes. If the singing's live and spiritual and active, you know probably you're going to have a good service. But if that singing's dead and dry and, and, not, and so many people are not singing, you could hear a pin drop and hit the floor. It's going to be rough going. Amen? Singing people are praising people. You get in a good song service, I mean a good you get in a good song service and you know what happens. People are going to wind up praising the Lord. Amen. Raising their hand. End of the service, a testimony. Might somebody, I mean somebody might even get real spiritual and hug somebody. Even in a Baptist church, amen. Look, I'd like to see it get on so good I'm glad COVID's gone. Thank God. What a nightmare that was. I hope it stays gone. But I'd like to get in a server so good that it'd get so hot that people pull their mask off and start hugging each other and kissing each other in the mouth. Husband and wife. Husband and wife. Singing. Singing people, and this is not, a, this is not always true, but the kind of singing I'm saying tonight, it's true. Singing people are spirit-filled people. The Bible said, Be not unwise what the will of the Lord is. This is God said, don't be, don't be stupid about what God's will is. Be not drunk with wine, whereas it is in the excess, but be ye, me, filled with the Spirit. And you know what the first, first product of that is? Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart is unto the Lord. You've done that washing dishes. You've done that running the vacuum cleaner. You've done that driving down the road. 
Uh, you've, you've done that in the shower. Get to singing, making spiritual melody in our hearts is unto the Lord. That's the kind of singing God likes, that heart singing. I think he saw in David's heart some songs. I think that's why he picked him. I think he saw in David's heart some reflection. Look in Acts 13 and verse 22. I won't read it all. I'm just going to read a line out there. But he said, I have found David. He said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. I think that day when God looked in David's heart, he saw a reflection of himself. Now David, somebody said, how could David have a, a heart like God's and do what David did? Well, the Bible didn't say that God had David. God, David had God's heart. The Bible said God said that David was a man after his heart. Now if I run after Steve, I don't have Steve, but I'm after him. God wanted a heart like David. Uh, David wanted a heart like God, I mean. You see, you see, God looked into David and he saw a little bit of himself. You ever looked at your children or your grandchildren? You see a little of yourself. Amen. There's a resemblance there. They, there's some characteristics or some features there. And you're sitting there in the living room, you look across the room and you, you don't say anything, but you see yourself there. I think when God, I think when God looked into David's heart, God saw a little bit of himself. You say, why? Well, I think because the Bible said in 1 Samuel 17, 34, that David talks about those sheep. And he said, a bear came, a lion came. And David said, I fought the bear, I fought the lion. You know what that tells me about David? David loved them sheep. David, don't miss this, David loved them sheep so much, he was willing to die for them if that's what it took. Do you know what Jesus did? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. God loved them sheep so much. Jesus loved those sheep so much, He was willing to die for us. God looked into David's heart and He said, He's like me. He he loves tending those sheep. He loves them sheep. God looked in David's heart. You know what David, what stands out in David? Is not only his love for the sheep, but David's a servant all the way. When God looked into David's heart, he saw a servant. You know what the Lord said about his son Jesus? Behold my servant in Isaiah, whom I'm well pleased. God looked in his heart and he saw a ser- servant. You see, David's always doing what he's told. Jesse says, go out and watch the sheep. Samuel's coming today. We don't need you here. Go out and watch the sheep. So David's out there watching the sheep. They go through all seven boys. None of them's a pick. And God tells Samuel, tell him to go get David. So they go out there and they say, David, come to the house. What did David do? He came to the house. 
a little bit later on, after he was anointed king, Saul, uh, Saul sent for him and said, Jesse, send David over here to play the harp for me. I like his music. What David do? David went. David went. And in 1 Samuel uh, 17, uh, they're down there in the, in the valley with Goliath. And David's doing what he's supposed to be doing. David's watching his sheep. David wasn't like Peter. And David didn't say, what's some other people going to do? That's what Peter said, you know, when the Lord told John, he said, and, and Peter said, what about him? The Lord said, don't worry about him. You just make sure you're where you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to do. And, and here David is. He's down there. Said David, verse 15, chapter 17, And David went and returned from Saul, Saul got on with him. He heard enough music, got all the demons out. And so he left to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. And the Bible said in verse 17, And Jesse, David's father, said unto David his son, Take now for thy brother an ephod of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captains of their thousands. And the Bible said in verse 20, And a David rose up early in the morning. Now, David's a teenager. Most teenagers ain't going to get up till midday. Jack Jack Hiles said one time that most preachers didn't know the, the sun arose and set. All they ever seen it do was set. They get up so late. But David has a servant's heart. David does whatever God wants him to do. Do you do what God wants you to do? There's a whole lot of people that don't. Look to your left. Look to your right. Look in the front. Look in the back. You think you're the only people God, the Holy Ghost, told to come to church tonight? There's a whole lot of people that don't do what God wants them to do none of the time. Now, none of us bat a hundred, but we ought to be doing a lot better than what some are doing. Amen? David was a servant. God looked into David's heart and He said, there's a bunch of songs in that boy's heart. I like that. God looks into David's heart and He said, that boy's got a servant's heart. He's got a servant's heart. I like that. Tell you something else, David knew David had that God liked. David knew the shepherd. Psalms 23 and verse 1, David said, The Lord is my shepherd. God liked that. Do you know that God, He likes it when you brag on His Son Jesus. He loves it when you receive His Son Jesus. He loves it when you in a spiritual way Kiss His Son Jesus, Psalms 2. He loves it when you recognize His Son and lift His Son up and brag on His Son and talk about His Son. God loves it! God loves it. David knew the shepherd. He's out there and he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He's just bragging on the shepherd and what the shepherd does. There's a whole lot more in this than what I'm going to be able to bring out tonight. 
But I think God saw some humility when He looked in David's heart. He saw some humility in there. I think when He looked in David's heart, He saw a bunch of songs in there about God. And He liked it. I think when He looked in David's heart, He saw a reflection of Himself. He said, I see a little bit of me in that boy. God ought to see a little bit of Himself in you and me. We are His children if we're saved. Don't you think the world looks like their father? I had to go to Columbia today. and I tell you, it's a sad, it's a sad state we've reached. I was going up there and I was trying to find the driver's license renewal place. And the first person I, I rolled a window down, I said, where do you go to get your driver's license renewed? Because my GPS was going crazy. It done sent me everywhere. And he said, you know where the courthouse is? And I said, yeah. And he said, that's it. So okay. So I go to the courthouse and, and I see this big new building there. Big new building there, and what they call them justice centers or something. And I, I, you know, I don't know much, but I did graduate 12th grade. And I knew they weren't going to be doing it in that old rundown courthouse if they had that big multi million dollar building there. So I pulled down looking for a parking place, and here comes a boy up the street. And I rolled the window down, and I said, Do you know where you get your driver's license at? Of course, I should have known he didn't have none, he wouldn't be walking. And he was burnt out. He said, right there. So I go up there and I pull in, get out. I walk in, go in the desk. The lady's sitting at the desk there. And she said, courtroom's right back there. You are a lawyer, aren't you? I said, no ma'am, I'm just trying to get a driver's license renewed. She said, oh, well, you go back here. Have you ever tried to get driving directions from a woman? The only one I trust is that one on the GPS, and she wasn't doing too good today. So I start back that way, and I pull. I see this Mexican guy, and I pull over there. I, I roll the window down. I said, "Do you know where you get your driver's license at?" Again, walking. He said, "I just got here yesterday. I don't know where nothing is." I pulled down to one other guy. He is stoned or burnt out. I don't know. It's a sad state. It, it touched my heart just to see in a town. Used to you'd see one, you know, maybe in a year or a month. But you can go to any town you want to now in the United States of America and they're walking all over town stoned out of their mind. Uh, minds burn up. Minds gone. And I pulled up there and I said... Do you know where you get your driver's license at? He said, it's right there. So I pull in, go in there, and I don't know what it is. It ain't no justice place. So finally I get back in my car, and, and lo and behold, right in front of me is a big sign about this big and about this tall that says, Driver's License Renewal. I said, Praise God. Amen. And I finally went in there and sat down. The guy said, you're awful dressed up to get a driver's license picture made. I said, well, i got some other things I have to do today. And he kept on and on. Finally he said, 
What do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. I've been, been preaching the same place for 41 years. And he said, I'm a preacher too. Young man, nice, nice acting, nice looking. Finally somebody, finally somebody sane. Nice young man. And, uh, and so I finally got it done. Praise God, I got it. I got it. But let me give you this, and I got about five minutes to give it to you in. Look in 1 Samuel 17, 32. Goliath has come down on one side's Goliath, on the other side is a whole army. But nobody has got the courage to go out against Goliath. David goes over there. And David hears this, this big king, uh, this big giant of a man. David hears him blaspheming his God. And David said, what's going on here? This oughtn't to be. And you know how it is when you, you do something somebody else knows they're supposed to do, but they don't want to do it, but they don't want you to do it. And when you do it, they get mad at you. Well, that's what happened to David. His brother said, I want you to go back and take care of them few sheep. You ain't got no business out here. But the Bible said, David said in verse 32 of chapter 17, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go fight with him. I think when God looked in David's heart, we know that David got afraid at times because he wrote into Psalms, What time I'm afraid? I'll trust in thee. But David has courage in his heart. God looks in David's heart and he sees some courage in there. God liked that. That's what we need today. You say, why did David have that courage? Well, verse 29. Courage was brought out when David seen there was a cause. Do you know there's some things that you really are afraid to do? But the cause of it overrides your fear and you go ahead and do it anyway. David said, is there not a cause? Somebody needs to stand up. Somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to say something. Somebody needs to go out against this person. So courage in his heart. Courage was brought about because David seen the cause. It was worth it. It was worth it. Courage was brought out by faith. David had faith. Because he said in verse 37, he said there was a lion that came out, there was a bear that came out. But David said this, David said, The Lord delivered me from the bear, the Lord delivered me from the lion. And he said, The same God that delivered me from them will deliver me from him. You say, I don't have much faith in myself, but I got a whole lot in him. I don't have much courage in what I can do, but I got a, I got a little bit more courage because I know what he can do. And you know what? David's courage caused him to conquer. Romans 8 and 31, the Bible said, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Conquerors, overcomers, winners. David was a conqueror. David 
after, after God had chosen him to be a king and after God had anointed him and after God had brought him out of the field and David goes out against Goliath. But look at what the Bible says in verse 50 and 51. So David prevailed. Mr. Trump got this right. He wasn't talking about God. He's talking about himself. He said, I like winners. God likes winners. God don't want a bunch of losers. God wants winners. And you see, all of us are losers. But God is in the business of making us winners. If we'll trust in the Lord. I don't know what battle you're facing tonight, what giant you're looking at tonight, but I'm telling you what, God can help you overcome it. Amen. I don't know what your battle you're losing tonight, what game you're losing tonight, but God can make you a winner. The Bible said, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks in the heart. I'm done, but I hope we can keep that thought in mind through the month of September. God's looking in our heart. What does He see there tonight? Ask God to reveal to me, ask God to reveal to you what God sees in our heart. I don't know about you, but I want things in my heart that will make God pick me. Remember when you played ball? And if you wasn't very good, they'd pick the two big boys, the captains, and they'd go up there and get a bat, and they'd go like that, remember? And then they'd, ever who got to the top first, they got to pick. And you remember what all us is doing? Pick me! Pick me! Pick me! That's the way we ought to be with God. I mean, anytime there's something to do, we ought to be saying, Pick me! Pick me! Pick me! I want to do something for the Lord. Father, I thank You tonight for the Word of God.